What is up, y'all? It is your girl, P, and I am back today. How are y'all doing? I hope that all is well with y'all. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. Something that really stood out to me this week that I thought I wanted to go ahead and drop in there is... So to yesterday, I went to a dentist appointment, and... The dentist is already about 30 minutes from my house. It's nearly hurricane time. We just got issued a hurricane warning and everything. And like I said, dentist 30 minutes away from my house. A lot of traffic is around 2 p.m. Yeah, I know how that Tampa traffic get around 2 p.m. So I went ahead and got to my dentist appointment on time. And when I got there, I started checking in and everything. And after I checked in, I had to wait like for an additional 30 minutes or so to go ahead and get seen by the provider. So they finally call my name (laughs) and I go around back and she starts doing the procedure on me and everything. So she goes to grab the x-ray thing and she tells me open my mouth and she sees that I have braces on. So once she sees that I have braces on, she tells me, hey, I have to go check with the provider to see whether or not we could proceed with this appointment because you have braces on. And since your braces have wires, it might interfere with the x-ray. So she goes to ask the provider whether or not she can go ahead and continue to proceed with the visit or not. So he ends up telling her, no, we won't be able to proceed. And so she comes back and tells me and I tell her, You know, hey, I've done it before with my wires in at my last uh, dental place, the same company, just a different location. I was able to do it there. So how come I'm not able to do it here? So she go and I tell her, hey, can I speak to the provider? So she goes to go ahead and get the doctor or whatever. And he comes over and he basically explains to me the reasoning as to why (laughs) we can't proceed with the appointment. And he says, um, the braces, the wire and the braces would obscure the view of the x-ray. So if you were to have cavities in between your teeth, I wouldn't be able to diagnose the cavities because the view that the x-ray is showing with your braces is kind of like hindering the actual view of the x-ray. And I was real frustrated. I'm not even going to lie. I was highly upset. So I said, you know what? Okay. So I ended up leaving and I get in the car and I'm super frustrated and I'm really upset. I'm on the verge of tears at this point because I done wasted my gas. I done wasted my time just to make this appointment. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, this is how I feel when you make an appointment or you make a commitment to me that you're going to do something and You come to the appointment, have me waiting, you come late, or you come knowing that you were supposed to do something before getting there. So I knew before my dental appointment that I was supposed to go ahead and get my wires out. I just assumed that because they made an exception last time that they would make an exception this time. And (laughs) y'all, that was not the case at all, y'all. That was not the case. So the Lord said like, How many appointments or commitments have you made to me and you have yet to uphold your end of the deal? You know, how many times have I waited on you, you know, and you have yet to do what it is that I've asked of you to do? And this just kind of put into perspective, like, wow, God is right. I've made so many commitments to him. I've made so many appointments to meet with him and I have yet to uphold my end of the deal.
Like, for example, I kind of started this thing where I was going to wake up every morning, 6.30 a.m. I usually wake up around, like, 7.30. So get up an hour earlier every morning to have dedicated time for the Lord. And in that time, I'd be reading my word. I'd do my devotionals, do my say my proclamations for the morning, and I would read one page of a book that would help increase my spiritual spiritual life or whatever. So that was one of the commitments that I made to the Lord. And I'm I'm not even gonna lie, I'm not even gonna hold y'all. I've been falling short of doing that. Um, I stayed consistent for a while, but then after a while, I started like delaying the time. So instead of going at six thirty, I ended up one morning going at six forty-five. Then the next morning, six fifty. Then the following morning, seven a.m. Following, like I kept delaying the time and pushing the time back, and it felt exactly how my appointment felt. I made a commitment to say I was gonna go to this appointment at 2 p.m. That is the time that I booked it for. The same way the time that I booked at 6.30 a.m. to be at that specific time with God, that is the same way that I booked my dentist appointment. And that was a commitment I made, right? So just having to wait an additional 30 minutes just to see the doctor, it's kind of like when I make the appointment with the Lord at 6.30 and I ended up waking, uh, delaying time, waking up at seven a.m. That's an, an additional thir- an additional thirty minutes that the Lord has to wait on me. And even when I get to the appointment, I knew that I was supposed to do certain things prior to going to the appointment, but I didn't do. That's the same way when I meet with the Lord. I knew it was specific things that I was supposed to do, maybe the day before, or specific things that I was supposed to lay down um, before coming into this you know, this kind of space with the Lord, um, and just kind of holding back on doing those things. And the Lord is just, he just really put that in hindsight for me. And there's just this whole topic on commitments and making appointments with the Lord. A commitment, um, ideally is like a, 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 when the Lord makes a commitment to us, that is a promise that he is making to us. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says, so it is my word that goes out from my mouth and it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So, so many times God has made many commitments to us and not once has he held back on those commitments. Not once has he promised us something that he wasn't going to uphold. And it just made me like kind of have like a self realization, like a, you know, a self-awareness check, like how many commitments have you made to the Lord that you haven't upheld? You know, how many times have you promised to do something for the Lord and you didn't pull through on that promise? I like and just to think of it like God has never done that to me. You know, he never made a promise to me and he went back on that promise. He said he promises to never leave us nor forsaken us. And that is something he's never went back on. He said that all of his promises are yes and amen, and that is something he never went back on. His promises to go before us and come after us, Alpha and Omega, that is something he never went back on. So this kind of just helped me to realize, like, the promises of God are going to stand firm. Whatever God has spoken, it will not return unto him void. And this kind of just got me thinking, like, how many things have I said that I was going to do that return unto me void? And this goes, like, beyond, 
you know, just my walk with God, but like in school, in my finances, in my job, in my physical life, you know, just working on like working out and eating healthy and being more healthier. Um, how many things have I said and it returned to me void because I didn't commit to the promise? You know, I promised that I would lose this amount of weight by this amount of time. But because I didn't stick to the commitment of doing that, I ended up, you know, not that returning to me void or. Uh, even with school, how many times have I said, oh, you know, I'm going to do this or do that. I'm going to do this and do that and do better at certain things and be better at certain things, like not submitting my assignments late or not waiting last minute to do certain things. But that return to me forward as well. And like I said, this is just like a self-realization, a self-awareness check for myself. And maybe it may be relatable to a lot of others as well. But how many commitments and promises have we made to the Lord? And we have yet to uphold the end of that bargain. And like I said, this goes past just the commitment that you make to the Lord. Like, what about your finances? You made a, you promised that you were going to save X, Y, and Z this amount of money by the end of the year. Have you been committed to that promise? Have you been making sure that you don't spend on unnecessary things have you been making sure that you haven't been splurging have you been making sure that you're putting money away you know have you been prioritizing your finances and things like that and even with um let's say working out you said you were gonna have this specific routine and you're gonna go this many times a week and you were gonna eat this much protein and you were gonna cut back on this much snacks and this much this much carbs have you been committed to making that promise to yourself and this just goes to the one saying that once I heard this it kind of stuck with me for like all this time is how you do one thing is how you do everything Meaning if you perform one one way in one area of life, that'll sprout into all the different areas of your life. And this translates back to if you cannot be committed to the promise that you made to God, you won't be able to commit to the promises that you make in the other areas of your life. And if you can't even commit to a promise with God, it's going to be even harder for you to commit to saving this amount of money or losing this amount of weight or keeping up with these healthy patterns or going to the gym this amount of times. And like I said, all those things are minute and smaller in comparison to your relationship with God. But it is out of your relationship with God that the other areas of your life are going to work. Right. So. Like I said, it is out of that one area that you have with God that trickles down into the other areas of your life. And for me personally, I knew that whenever I was kind of on a rocky path with God, and like I said, not going to lie, I'm here to be open, honest, humble, and transparent. (laughs) So not going to lie, I knew that whenever I was on a rocky path with God, I would be rocky in all the other areas of my life. I knew that I wouldn't be as committed to the gym. I knew that I wouldn't be as committed to eating healthier. I knew that I wouldn't be as committed to my schoolwork. I knew that I wouldn't be as committed to working on my finances. I knew I wouldn't be as committed in all the other areas of my life because, like I said, my relationship with God is a priority, right? So if I have God at the top of the list, 
and everything under it has to submit to whatever it is that's going on in my relationship with God. I realized that when I was stable and committed in my relationship with God, I was able to be stable and committed in all the other areas of my life. But whenever I was inconsistent or rocky or I was kind of falling off in my relationship with God, I started being inconsistent and rocky and falling off in all the other areas of my life. And just like a prime example of that is just like, for example, when I'm stable and committed in my relationship with God, and not saying that I'm inconsistent, but I'm just saying that like as the seasons change, some sometimes I forget that I have to adapt. Sometimes that I forget, sometimes I forget that this season has ended and it's time to transition to a new season. I try to hold on to old habits that help me succeed in one season, but I forget that those same habits that I had in that previous season may not work in this new season. So that kind of throws me off and it causes me to be inconsistent until I learn a new set of habits, a new set of routines that will help me be consistent again so in that transition period for example um before that my habit my healthy habits would grow my relationship with god may look like going to church every sunday going to church every tuesday meeting with my life group every sunday um reading my word every single night reading my devotionals every single morning and night reading my proclamations every morning reading one page of a book that is promoting my spiritual growth um praying consistently throughout my day but making sure that I spend more time praying morning and night you know that may be my habits and my patterns in one season and I and then when a season ends and a new season begins, sometimes I think that I can take those same habits into the new season because, again, those habits were good. They were helping to promote my spiritual growth. But me spending one hour in my previous season to pray, my new, se- my new season may be calling for an hour and a half. Me doing my proclamations only in the morning In my previous season, my new season may be calling for me to do my proclamations morning and night. You know what I'm saying? Just so just kind of making those adjustments um, as the time changes has kind of been one of the big things for me. And again, this just ties back into just making that commitment with God um, and just making sure that we are upholding our end of those commitments because I'm not going to lie. I get, you know, I understand that work and school and all these other obligations are hectic, but that doesn't mean we should negate the commitments that we're making to God. And I'm not going to lie. One of the biggest commitment and fears issues that I had, especially with this podcast, was just like, I kind of felt like if if I was already having a hard time being committed on the smaller things, like waking up at 6.30 a.m. just to do these things with the Lord, how am I going to commit to something like having this platform to, you know, spread the gospel or spread the word of God? You know, how am I going to commit to this if I can't even commit to the smaller things? But one thing that I learned is that you cannot let commitment and one thing stop you from committing to other things you know God wants to use you and he understands that you're not going to be perfect and he understands that he only has imperfect people to work with you know but as long as he sees that there's effort to be committed to the promise that you made to him that matters to him the fact that you've 
decided that even though I, you know, I'm having trouble in this one area, it's not going to stop me from doing what the Lord is calling me to do in another area, you know? And again, it just goes back to the self-realization, self-awareness check, making sure that you're checking to make sure that have you been doing what it is that the Lord has been asking you to do? Have you been moving and working and cultivating in the manner in which he has asked of you? You know, because and also one thing, sorry, one thing that I realized, y'all, was you're only going to be committed to the things that you're passionate about. You're only going to be committed to the things that you are truly passionate about and that you truly want to do. You're not going to commit to something that you don't really want to do. Right. But sometimes it's like you have to fight your flesh. There is a constant battle between the spirit and the flesh. So some things, even though you may not have. You may have the desire to do it for the Lord, but you don't have like the strength to get up and do it. You need to call on the Lord to give you the strength to fight against what your flesh wants to do to get up and fulfill the commitment that you made to the Lord. There's a verse that says it's better to not vow and not pay than to vow and not pay. More specifically, the verse is... The verse for that is Ecclesiastes 5 verse 5. It says, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. For the NLT version, it says, it is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. So basically saying it's better that we don't promise to do something for God and not do it. Because that is us going back on our commitment, our word that we made to God. And if you know one thing about God is that he honors his word above his name. So if God speaks something, he's going to make sure that that happens. He's going to commit to that. He's going to make sure that comes to pass. He's going to make sure it happens because he honors his word above his name. And if he made us in his image, we are to honor our word above our name. Meaning if we made a commitment, if we made a promise to the Lord, it is a better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. So this allowed me, this 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 verse alone allowed me to hold a mirror up to my face and see how many promises have I made to the Lord that I haven't kept. And it wasn't that I done it that I didn't keep them intentionally. But it's better that I be aware what kind of promise it is that I'm making to the Lord because he's looking and expecting for me to fulfill that promise to him. And I just went back through my old notes, my old journals, and I kind of looked at how many promises that I made to the Lord. Either one, they have yet to come to pass or two, they were supposed to be fulfilled, but I didn't fulfill them. Because I let other things get in the way of that. 
I let so many things stand in the way of the promises that I was supposed to fulfill to the Lord. And again, this is just me being honest because I want you guys to understand that this has this has a detrimental effect. It literally says it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. The Lord is looking for you to uphold the the end of the bargain. You made a bargain with the Lord. He's looking for you to uphold that promise. He's looking for you to uphold the word that you spoke out of your mouth. He didn't force you to make that promise. He didn't force you to make that vow to him, you know? So when you make this vow, when you make this promise, he's looking for you to fulfill it. This is the same way with a marriage vow, right? If I go before you on the altar, bride and bridegroom, and we say our vows, right? And I know one of the most infamous one is to, you know, stick with you through life and death and um, and sickness and in health and, you know, for better or worse. Imagine as we are saying these vows, our spouse is looking for us to uphold those vows, Our spouse is looking for us to honor our word, honor our commitment, honor our promise that we made to them at the altar. And we have to remember that we are the bride to the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Jesus Christ and we are the bride. Our bridegroom is looking for us to uphold our promises that we made to him. Our bridegroom is looking for us to uphold the vows that we made to him. And there is grace. Don't get me wrong. We're never going to be perfect and we may fall short of the glory of God. And there is grace to cover that. But it's something about making a vow and making a promise that you are supposed to uphold. You are not supposed to just sit there and make all these promises and make all these vows and make all these commitments and not uphold them. Imagine having a spouse who says, I vow to... And do this, that, and this with you. I vow to take you on a date at least once a month. I vow to make sure I spend time with you every day. I vow to love you for better or worse. I vow to love you through sickness and in health. I vow to love you um, through life and death. But then when a time comes, you become sick and that spouse doesn't uphold his end of the deal. Or... You become in a worse situation and that spouse doesn't uphold his end of the deal or, you know, uh, he doesn't uphold his uh, end of the deal to love and cherish you and vice versa, man or woman. You know, either way, the uh, dice rolls. The bride has made a commitment. She has to uphold them. The bridegroom made a commitment. He has to uphold them. That is a marriage. That is the vow that you guys made when you guys were at the altar. The same way it goes with us. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. There are certain things that we must uphold because at the altar, we made those vows. And one of the vows that we, that the Lord has the one of the vows is that we are supposed to deny ourselves and pick up the cross. That was one of the prerequisites. How many times have you upheld the end of the bargain to deny yourself and pick up the cross? And like I said, speaking for myself, I can see how many times that I chose to choose myself and not pick up the cross. 
even though I had already made the vow that I was going to do so. You know what I'm saying? That's just me not not uh, upholding my word. That is me not being committed to the promise that I made to the Lord to give my life to him, for him, lay my life down for him because he laid his life down for mine. And like I said, I know this transition (laughs) from me going to the dentist office and the appointments, but the appointments show the commitment. Because you know what what happens when you go to the doctor's offices? They charge you a fee for your no-show. They charge you a fee for your lateness. They charge fees when you make an appointment, you booked it, you scheduled it based on your schedule, based on the time you had available. They will charge you if you are late or they will charge you if you do not show. But imagine the grace that God gives us when we make an appointment with him and we don't show up. When we make an appointment with him and we're late. Imagine the amount of grace that God gives He doesn't charge us when we're late or when we don't show. That is grace, unmerited favor that we did not earn, nor do we deserve unmerited favor. We have not earned it, nor do we deserve it. That is the grace of God. But just because we have the grace of God doesn't mean that we shouldn't be pulling through on our commitments and the promises that we're making towards him. Just because we have the grace of God that doesn't give us an excuse as to why we have not held up our end of the deal, as to why we haven't held up our end of the bargain. How are we pleading and in, in, in asking God to meet us in the middle when we haven't even held up our end of the bargain to meet him there? We're asking God to meet us in the middle and we haven't even gotten to the middle ourselves. How are we asking of God to, and and it, you know what's so mind-blowing sometimes when I think about this is the fact that God has never failed us on any one of the promises he made to us. He promises to pr- protect. He promises to provide. He promises to never leave us nor forsaken us. He promises all, all of these wonderful things that he promises to us. And not once has he turned back on his promise. Not once has he not fulfilled his promise. Not once has he haven't him has he had not held up his end of the deal. If anything, this should push us to keep our commitments to the Lord, to keep our promises to the Lord, whether that promise may be, in my case, to meet him at 6.30 a.m. every morning, to spend time with him and commune with him and build and nurture my relationship with him, whether that promise may be to deny myself daily and pick up the cross daily whatever that promise may be that you have made to the lord it is time to get back to that it is time to get back to the promise that you made to the lord it is time to rededicate and recommit yourself to the promise that you made to the lord don't let all those promises return onto you void you made a promise to the lord uphold that promise uphold it he is looking for you to stay committed to him. And whether that commitment that commitment is revealed to through what you what you said you were gonna do, what you promised you were gonna do. And another reason why this topic has been yet so fitting 
is because just the reoccurring theme of appointments has been just popping up recently. Um, I went to a young adult's um, night at my church and my friends and I were just on the topic of making appointments to God with God and not going or appearing to the appointments. And then again, when I had my dentist appointment yesterday, um, just reiterating that topic of important uh, appointments and making commitments. And then I was just scrolling. I was just opening my notebook and I started flipping through the pages and I landed on one particular page. And on this page, I kind of just wrote down like my prayers or things that I asked of God and I circled them and I put a date on them and I'm looking at all of them, maybe except one because I'm in the process of still working on that, but I'm looking at all the rest of them and every single last one of them say answered, 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 answered. Every single last one of them say answered. And this just kind of reminded me that God answers. God is a promise keeper. God is a covenant keeping God. If he made a covenant with you, if he made a vow to you, he will keep his word. And because I love him and because I want to be just like him, it is I need to be keeping my word. I need to be keeping my promise that I made to him. If I made a covenant with him, I want to make sure that I am keeping up with that covenant. And I know I'm not perfect and I know that I may fall short, but that shouldn't stop me from wanting and desiring to keeping my promise that I made to him. That shouldn't stop me from keeping the covenant that he made to me. I mean, that I made to him, you know, because even when we are disobedient, even when we don't listen or even when we don't obey his commands. And even when we have pride and ego and selfish ways and selfish desires and selfish intents, not once. Did he say, I will go back on my covenant? Not once did he say, I won't fulfill my promise that I made to you. Not once did he say that I'm not going to fulfill my promise to you. And that really just showed me that like, I want to keep my promises to the Lord. Every covenant that I made with him. Behind closed doors that people don't even know about. I want to fulfill those things for him because I love him. And he loves me. And he is a covenant keeping God. And if I have the and if I am supposed to be a representative of him, that means I should be keeping my covenants and my promises that I've made as well. You cannot be in a marriage if you aren't willing to keep your vows. You can't be in a marriage if you're not willing to upkeep your, your the covenant that you made with your spouse. You cannot be in a marriage if you're unwilling to fulfill the promises that you made to your spouse. And I think one thing that goes over our head, especially me sometimes, is that I forget that I am in a marriage with the bridegroom of Christ. 
sometimes I forget that I have already made covenants and vows with my spouse. Jesus, my bridegroom, I have already made these covenants and promises to him. And as his bride, I'm supposed to be keeping these promises that I made to him. It would be unfitting. It would be almost insane for two people to get married, make covenants, make vows at the altar just to go about not doing those vows or not keeping those covenants or not keeping those promises to one another. And that just kind of like, again, just that self-awareness check of being aware of the spirit of the Lord. He will tell you. He will tell you exactly what it is that is going on. And he will give you that spirit of conviction, again, which is done out of love. He will not shame you. He will not embarrass you. He will not make you feel guilty or shame. Those are the lies from the enemy. God corrects and he convicts with love. Constructive criticism so that you could become better. So that you could understand where you went wrong at and he will guide you back to the path that is, you know, helping with that conviction and that correction. And I feel like that was definitely a moment of the spirit of conviction that just came upon me of just being aware of the promises that I'm making to God, being aware of the vows and the covenants that I have made already have made to God. And making sure that I'm upholding those, making sure that I'm keeping up with those because the Lord keeps up and he upholds his covenants, his vows, his promises. Every single thing that the Lord has promised me, he has allowed to come to pass. Not one of the things that he has spoken to me has returned unto him void. It went wherever it was supposed to go and it was fulfilled. So I just thank God for all the promises that he has kept towards me, even when I didn't deserve it. He is a covenant keeping God.